good afternoon or good evening. Great to have you in our YouTube stream. And this webcast is part of the SAP Cybersecurity Awareness Campaign in October. Today, we will focus on the latest cybersecurity trends in the market and trends specific to SAP. Our expert speakers are Michelle Barrett-Chunk, who is part of the SAP Chief Trust Office, and Anne-Marie Colomba, who is Cybersecurity Solution Advisor at SAP. My name is Larissa Brinkman from the SAP Global User Groups Organization, and I'm your host. Please post your questions in the live chat and our experts will answer them at the end of the presentation. The PDF of the session will be shared in the description of the video and will be available shortly after the session ends. With this, I wish you great interaction and hand over to Michelle for the introduction. Thank you, Larissa. Hello, everyone. On the next slide, you can see that wherever you're joining us from today, we welcome you to Cybersecurity Month with SAP. For the eighth year in a row, SAP participates in Cybersecurity Month, and our aim this time is to equip security enthusiasts around the world with the information needed to be vigilant against cyber threats and the commitment that SAP has in security. And because we know this program is not just for security professionals at SAP, we are offering virtual segments for external participation, including customers this year. On the next slide, we'll show some of the webinars that are offered during the month of October to advance the narrative on the current security trends, the NIST cybersecurity framework, and how SAP protects customers in the cloud. Scan the QR code to register for any of these sessions and learn more. Thank you. Back to you, Anne-Marie. Thanks, thanks, Michelle. Hi, everyone. My name is Anne-Marie Colombo. As Larissa said, I am with the Enterprise Cloud Services team, and I focus on um, North America. I'm a security advisor. I work with our customers. I've got uh, 15 years cybersecurity with SAP and non-SAP solutions, and happy to join you today to talk about some of the things that we're seeing in the market from some of the uh, reports that are generally available and have some uh, links so that you can get additional information. We're gonna to touch on them high level today uh, due to the interest of time. And then talk about how SAP's security strategy um, fits into the overall picture and what you can do as an SAP customer. And then finally, some real life examples of our enterprise cloud security um, solution, SAP RISE or S4 HANA and talk a little bit about how that is meeting the needs of about 4,000 SAP customers today. And then we'll save time at the end for questions. So with that, let me dive in here. And I'm gonna go off camera just for the interest of bandwidth. And we're gonna start with uh, the Verizon data breach. Um, investigations report. I don't know how many people know about this report, but it's very valuable if you want to get a feel for what's happening from an industry perspective, as well as the type of breaches and um, incidents that are out there, the type of actors that, that um, take advantage of 
some of the, the issues, the, the weaknesses that, um, that exist in enterprises and, um, you know, some of the things that it goes into a lot of detail on industry breaches and um, gives you information on the things you can do and look for within your own organization in order to um, shore up your, your security. So from, from this report, they use the next um, identifiers for the industries, but you can see here that um, I'm just gonna touch on a few that are important from an SAP perspective, public administration. Certainly we have customers um, from an SAP perspective that are in public administration. That has the highest incidence of both incidents, which are the security events versus breaches. It also has the highest amount of breaches, which are actual data loss. So Verizon Data Breach um, makes a point of looking at the differences between incidents and breaches. Breaches are with actual data loss. So public administration, largest out of all industries with incidents and breaches, from an SAP perspective, the next interesting one to our customers, I think, is finance, which also has a lot of incidents and breaches. And then finally, manufacturing, um, which is also very high from an incident perspective, a little less for the, the breaches, but still fairly high. So what Verizon does is look at those um, breaches and then call them down into what exactly happened and what were the primary ways that the attackers gained entry. So the human element, as um, many people know, is obviously a big issue, not only just um, from the stolen credentials, social engineering, which are difficult for the cybersecurity tools to find typically because stolen credentials, uh, the bad guy looks like a legitimate user within the system, so very difficult to find those but also errors and privilege misuse, which is interesting because we'll see in a minute about privilege misuse from internal, um, uh, internal actors. And the error side is also typically um, someone within your organization. And one of the big areas there is accidentally sharing private data information, data private privacy information, um, with the wrong party. So that that's something, and all, all of these, all four of these, the error, privilege, misuse, stolen credentials, social engineering, that's 74% of all breaches. And those are areas from a security awareness perspective that, um, that people can work on to, to improve within your organization. 83% of breaches do involve external actors, however, and um, they are financially driven, so they're they're going after the money, which which makes sense. But that's that's why they do it. And the way that they're getting into the systems are stolen credentials, phishing, and then exploitation of vulnerabilities, which are basic cyber hygiene when you look at it. So, uh, stolen credentials having strong password policies in place to prevent those type of issues, using multi-factor authentication, phishing security awareness again, and exploitation of vulnerabilities, um, patching. Patching is very basic, but still very important even today that, uh, that companies pay attention to patching systems, especially known vulnerabilities. Um, IBM a sponsored a report um, conducted by Ponemon Institute. It came out in July 
of 2023, just a few months ago, and similar findings to the Verizon data breach investigation report where phishing, stolen, and stolen compromised credentials were the two most common initial attack vectors, followed by cloud misconfiguration. And then business email compromise, which a lot of times uh, phishing and business email compromise get lumped into that social engineering bucket. And interesting enough that I mentioned known vulnerabilities, 5% of the breaches um, happen because customers didn't patch known vulnerabilities. And this is something that we do see at SAP, um, making sure that our customers especially our on-premise customers, keep up with the vulnerability, um, the security notes from SAP and patching those systems, um, especially known vulnerabilities, because those are the mo ones most likely to be exploited by the malicious actors. And then system error were the least costly, but, um, but least common too. So that, that's a good thing. So Recommendations came out of this study to build security into every stage of development and deployment and test that regularly. So security by design and, and default is something that we do follow at SAP. And making sure that from a data protection perspective, as companies are moving to the cloud, making sure that is the security is in place, data protection for both cloud and the hybrid cloud most customers still are in some process of moving to the cloud. So they have both on-premise systems as well as cloud solutions. And anytime you're going through that digital transformation, important to make sure you're looking across the hybrid cloud as pointed out by this report. Security at artificial intelligence automation helps to cut down on the errors and also helps to respond quicker to the, the issues that come up and making sure that you understand what your attack surface is, meaning what the assets are that you're trying to protect, whether it's people, hardware, software, systems, and understanding where they are. So your attack surface may include some of your business partners, customers, and making sure that you're practicing that incident response. Again, going back to that test regularly, um, comment above. So from uh, interesting enough, they uh, this matches up somewhat with the with the um, the Verizon database um, data breach report as well. So this shows mean time to um, find an incident, mean time to contain an incident and incident. And you can see here that um, from a uh, overall perspective, stolen Compromised credentials and malicious insiders uh, take the most time to find the incident and then contain the incident. 11 months in the case of the stolen or compromised credentials, which is almost a whole year before you can find, again, because these look like legitimate users to some of the security tools that are out there. Um, malicious insiders, 10 months to resolve. And they do have access and they understand these systems inside um, the company. So they, they know how to get around some of the controls that are out there potentially. And those are the most costly um, type of issues that you may have in your environment. So um, in the meantime, overall to identify a data breach according to this study is nine months and uh, to identify and contain the breach is nine months. So still an awful long time to um, find and detect what's happening within your environment. 
And from, from our perspective inside SAP with Enterprise Cloud Security um, Deployment Group, Roland Castillo is our CISO. And um, he, he was recently interviewed for um, Cyber Magazine, the world's largest private cloud is what we're running basically for our customers. So we are running businesses on um, the SAP and hyperscaler infrastructure. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But speed is very important, but at the same time, um, it, it can be tough to, to make sure that uh, security organizations are not just focused on the day-to-day. -day. You have to look at the strategic uh, picture, big picture, and understand where you want to go and pull in um, deployment type security is what we do because we are a deployment organization in enterprise cloud security. We work with our RISE customers. So being able to have additional security tools that we use in the deployment of solutions for our customers. And that's what this, this article covered. And of course, we're trying to find things quickly still from a day-to-day -day perspective um, because of the statistics that came out of the IBM uh, Ponymon study where the average cost of a data breach is 4.45 million, but here in the US, it's the highest globally at 9.48 million. So the faster we can find and contain these breaches, the better off our customers will be. At the same time, we can't get caught up in the day-to-day. -day. We have to look at strategically, where should we be going? What other tools can we use to support our customers in their digital transformation journey, in their solution with RISE ECS S4 HANA? And you can read more about that in the link. Um, to Cyber Magazine. Overall, from a, a cybersecurity strategy, SAP uh, focuses on both public and private cybersecurity strategies um, across our cloud organization. So we understand and take it take it very important. It's very important to us. In fact, our CEO Christian Klein very interested in the topic of cybersecurity, and we understand that our customers are are trusting us with their business operations to run on whether it's public or private cloud, um, that we're, we're handling that infrastructure for them to keep their business up and running. If you look at certain studies that are out there, you'll hear that um, uh, customers are concerned from a business perspective on um, keeping their systems up and running, keeping the business up and running. So making sure that they have disaster recovery, business continuity in place so that if something happens, which that's the second concern is cyber incidents, that they can recover quickly and get the system, the business back up and running. So I talked to a CISO the other day and he said, I want my people to be in the business of um, our business, not in the business of supporting infrastructure that can be offloaded. And that's what SAP is providing with our public and private cloud solutions. The external regulation uh, field has changed and continues to change and evolve. We're, we're staying on top of that. We have been very uh, focused on GDPR for a number of years back since 1995 when the first directive came out. And then again in 2018 when GDPR uh, added, the EU Council added some teeth with fines and so forth. And those external regulations continue to evolve uh, to the point that there are new and new ones um, on a regular basis. Since we've been involved in this for a very long time, we have a data protection and privacy office 
set up globally with local uh, representation that keep up with the local rec um, regulations and focus on what areas each line of business um, is responsible for. So we do um, have third party audits um, come in. So we have third parties come in and look at what we're doing to make sure that we are able to, to um, understand the regulations, understand how they impact both SAP and our customers so that we can uh, make sure that we're staying on top of our game in terms of data privacy and security. From a um, cloud security services perspective, our hope again is to keep the systems up and running and make sure that we can um, provide a secure environment for our customers to run their businesses. Some of the focus areas we have, I've talked already about cybersecurity, data, data privacy and protection. Um, I wanna to touch on AI, which is, uh, you may have seen some announcements in the last couple of weeks from SAP. There are white papers out there on our AI uh, focus going forward around the business technology platform. And it is an area that we feel from a cybersecurity perspective is very important. Again, being able to take that human element out of the picture and add automation, artificial intelligence to address those issues that, that may come up in, in the cybersecurity area in our, in our business for our customers so that our customers can turn the security, the cloud security into a competitive advantage for them. From an overall approach uh, perspective, we have um, looked at how um, SAP can incorporate security into everything we do. So from that standpoint, we have build, run, and act securely. Build securely focuses on building secure software uh, products with uh, security by default and design within the software development lifecycle where we have our developers um, have to go through threat modeling training and the quality gates include um, cybersecurity testing to make sure that that threat modeling is being done in an effective way as they're developing software. Same thing for our deployment um, environments, the cloud environments. We have um, making sure that in ECS, for instance, where I am in our sovereign cloud environment, in our public cloud environment, that those are designed to be secure from the bottom up, from the infrastructure up. We work closely with our hyperscaler partners uh, to provide that uh, secure by design environment and continue to innovate in that area to make sure that, again, that we're building those secure cloud environments for you to run your um, applications on. Uh, from a security solutions, we also build out secure solutions that can help with additional capabilities for our customers. In um, a cloud environment, there is a shared responsibility, especially in the private cloud environment where the customer has some responsibility at the application and data layer, which is closest to their business and uh, where they wanna focus their time versus the infrastructure um, and the platform that SAP and Hyperscaler provide. Those security solutions are additional security that customers have asked us for. They include some of our GRC solutions for risk analysis, segregation of duties, making sure that, um, again, those insider type of threats that you're putting in place some uh, controls so that risk analysis is done when you're provisioning um, users and, and um, segregation of duties, making sure somebody doesn't have too much 
um, access versus what what um, they need to know to do their their um, their job. And then from a run perspective, making sure that um, that we are automating as much as we can uh, in that in that cloud environment. So the preventive and detective controls. Uh, we do have a cyber global cyber fusion center that we have automated threat intel coming into uh, from various sources, including U.S. CERT and others. And um, what the cyber fusion center does is proactive things like threat hunting to find things early and st stop those things early, early on. The sooner you can stop them and contain them is uh, you know less less costly to to our customers. And on our trust center, as I mentioned earlier, there, we try to be as transparent as possible in what we're doing with our security processes and controls. You can find information like SOC reports and uh, ISO certifications, um, HIPAA, PCI, information on, on what we're doing in, in those specific uh, security control areas, NIST cybersecurity frameworks, another important uh, framework that we use and um, act securely, security culture, big part of what we're doing within SAP. We, we have regular training that happens on, our, on a regular basis. We get plenty of reminders to make sure that we're looking at uh, everything from security awareness, data privacy training, ethical behavior training. Um, it's all automated through success factors and it's tracked and, and kept up and you're reminded if you don't uh, um, get that training done. So it is uh, followed very regularly. And then we look for continuous improvement from a feedback from our customers. So uh, Michelle's team just ran our executive advisory board uh, with customers, CISOs and uh, CIOs who are in CEOs who are interested in the topic of cybersecurity and want SAP to learn uh, additional things that we should be doing. So we are listening to our customers. The ECS team that I'm in also has um, a customer council that just met in September. So very important to us to get that information, how we can improve and meet the needs of our customers. And then there are partner solutions that are also available. You can go to the SAP store and see um, all the different types of partnerships we have that provide additional capability around security within the SAP ecosystem. It's truly a shared fate for SAP. If you uh, look at that's a pillar, a foundation that we build on um, because we understand that we're in this with our customers and um, the frameworks NIST uh, cybersecurity framework is um, something that we build in across our line of business. And then we are focused on things like AI, as I mentioned, and zero trust architecture um, to make sure that we're doing things like never trusting and always verifying who's in the system and understanding what they're doing. So to uh, touch on what, what's happening within the RISE ECS area, and this is an area that many of our customers who have been on ECC systems for a very long time have decided to move forward with uh, RISE ECS S4 HANA um, implementation in order to get some benefits from a digital transformation exercise, which, you know, where they started from, is typically a lot of um, 
technical debt complex, older um, systems that were interconnected, had custom code, hard to uh, secure with um, in terms of patching those systems, whether they um, were able to keep up with the SAP patching, which a lot of them, as I mentioned earlier, it, it was difficult. A lot of times the business didn't want the SAP system to come down because it's running the business. And so it was hard to patch. It was hard to understand um, their custom code and the security vulnerabilities that were in there, as well as what other third parties and third-party software tools uh, were involved in that whole ecosystem, whether it was infrastructure, platform, middleware, or other applications. And so moving to the cloud and S4 um, and having SAP from a RISE perspective have a single contract that manage the um, middleware, the platform, as well as the relationship with the hyperscaler made a lot of sense because there's a, a SLA there that SAP will meet the um, requirements for disaster recovery, business continuity, and it's a single single vendor that customers have to deal with versus if you look at the blue boxes, those may be um, on the left under traditional on-premise, those may be many different vendors with different SLAs that have to be managed. The single point of contact becomes the customer and the customer's um, IT organization many times. Uh, sometimes the SAP uh, team at a customer ends up handling a lot more of this than maybe they should, where they should be focused more on the applications and data, which moving to rise with SAP allows the customers to focus on that mission critical applic application SAP that's running their business and the data associated with it, while SAP and the hyperscaler manage the, the infrastructure from an underlying hyperscaler perspective and then SAP manages the middleware. So there's a single uh, point of contact, SAP. So as a security professional, understanding all those, uh, if you do have an issue, the root cause analysis, going back to all those different vendors, having to patch all those different softwares and test all the different software that you patch to make sure the interdependencies are addressed can be very difficult. And that's the area SAP is um, under rise is taking over. So we are doing that uh, infrastructure and platform and um, application patching uh, with, with the uh, S4 HANA rise solution so that you have that single point of contact um, and one contract regarding S4 HANA for security and resilience within the environment. Another key point for RISE is to make sure that the core is kept clean and that um, involves using BTP uh, to keep the core clean, the S4 HANA solution clean, move the customizations and use integrations and extensibility on BTP versus um, intertwining all of that into the S4 HANA system. So, with um, ECS, we are helping companies and customers to manage risk. So business continuity, disaster recovered, covered by our service level agreement for um, uptime with our customers and customers can now leverage the SAP uh, third-party audits and attestations that can help with some of their own compliance. So they may still have to do their own SOC report 
but they can leverage what SAP has done, which may help with the auditors and their own SOC uh, reporting. From a security efficiency perspective, this is where customer feedback has been that uh, SAP has helped quite a bit um, from an efficiency perspective because we are doing that patch management security configuration. We're doing regular vulnerability scanning, threat management, and um, compliance. So, uh, as I said, the, it seems like a small thing, the patch management, but it can be a big thing and hard to keep up with, especially if you have many different vendors. From an overall cybersecurity a, a issue that's been out there for a very long time, is um, the cybersecurity cyber skills shortage. And that continues to get worse. I've seen um, uh, statistics where, you know, it's, it's, there's hundreds of thousands of shortages here and, and companies can't keep up with hiring. Uh, smaller companies especially have trouble because they, they may hire people, uh, those people get experience and then they move on for more money because um, the pay is pretty good because of those shortages. So SAP does have a pipeline. We have the university relationships. We have people that have been at SAP for a very long time um, handling the cybersecurity and the SAP IT requirements for um, to handle both SAP and cybersecurity, which I'm also told by customers is an issue. So that helps to re reduce that risk related to the talent shortage and reduce the time required to handle that turnover that many of our customers have had to deal with in the past. And then um, from an incident response, um, basically business continuity, disaster recovery customers are now leveraging our um, global operations, including our global security operations center 24 by seven that provides incident response, our cyber fusion center threat hunting to do proactive security management. So with all of this, we're managing risk and hopefully freeing up our customers um, resources so that they can focus on, on more strategic items related to managing risks in their business and cybersecurity related to their specific businesses. Uh, one of the key points that we are focused on is cyber resiliency. Again, that comes into play with the overall um, aspect of what we're providing through our SLA. So some of the things we're doing is making sure that the environment is hardened, uh, network segmentation, and uh, each customer tenant hardened so that, that there's no crossover between uh, customer information. Uh, we are using machine learning and AI in our tools that we have today. We're looking at that for the future to build more of that into our tools. We do session recording um, and monitoring for any of our admins that happen to go, have to go in and do any kind of work. We have privileged access management and uh, hacking simulations so that we can find any lateral movement. Typically when a, a malicious actor gets into the system, as we saw, they're there for maybe 277 days. And um, with these hacking simulations, we can find them earlier um, because what they do is they stay there, they collect more credentials, they move around laterally to see what systems they can get into, what additional credentials they can collect. And when you're doing things like red team, blue team, purple team, you can find that lateral movement. Um, 
Zero trust also very important across the board, looking at um, how we put that in place for our privileged identity management for those admins that may have to go in and do work. They have to check out credentials that expire after a certain time. They have to um, go through a series of multi-factor authentication beyond an SAP network, a lot of different gates to get to uh, through a jump hose before they can even touch a customer uh, area or tenant. And then we are doing um, overall at SAP, we have a, a vulnerability management um, advisory service that helps us with that cyber threat intel. We do regular vulnerability scanning, patching, as I talked about, uh, 24 by seven incident response, and then um, immutable backups. And uh, we have, if an incident happens, we have a task force that can be put together pretty quickly through our, it's handled through our um, P1, um, very high security uh, type of uh, infrastructure that we already have in place. The difference is if it's a cyber issue that we will pull in a, a team that's focused only on cyber to address that issue. And then from a zero trust perspective, um, we follow the NIST uh, or the, well, the NIST zero trust architecture, but also the CISA uh, um, .gov. If you go there, they have a zero trust maturity model. They do have an additional pillar, which is data, um, but we're more focused on the overall architecture. And again, the never trust always verifies. So looking at the, the device level and making sure that we have the privileged access um, and with multi-factor authentication with EDR session recording. So anybody that's in, uh, first we're gonna check that you have the right access and then we're gonna record anything that happens and um, making sure that devices across the board are, are patched and those hardening procedures are in place on all devices, servers, and uh, other devices used in, in an environment. Um, segregation of duties, checking again with multi-factor authentication, making sure the users have the right access, network security groups, um, SIM, we have a global SIM tool within SAP where we're feeding log information at ECS. We can also make that um, information available through a raw log a tool called LogServe and then encryption across the board is also um, part of our zero trust uh, model. And from an applications perspective, we have additional tools, as I mentioned, that can run at that layer, which is typically where the customers focus, but tools like enterprise threat detection that can see who did what within that SAP system has some behavior type of um, machine learning capabilities to see did that did that user behave in the normal way that a user inside an SAP system would behave, or is there a potential here for compr compromised credentials because they're not behaving the way that they normally do within an SAP system? Alerts can be sent from enterprise threat detection over to a SIM tool that the customer has, so that the SIM tool can get notified and have that visibility. Typically. With uh, compromised credentials, as I mentioned earlier, it's very hard for those security tools to see that um, there's a user that is not a legitimate user because they've signed in with the right credentials. Uh, and SIM tools do have some capability 
fact, we use some of the user behavior analytics, but still it's not really capturing unless it really understands the application, what's happening inside that application, which is what enterprise threat detection can do. So finally, uh, from a, a key takeaways, we did talk about the challenges that are out there. Um, these, interestingly enough, I have followed the Verizon Data Breach Report and the IBM report for a number of years. And a lot of this doesn't change and it is basic. And, and they make that point in both of those reports. It's um, things that, can, that we've been doing for a long time. We're looking at automating them. And um, I think that at this point, it's a lot easier to get funding for cybersecurity from, from the board because the board is beginning to understand the value, um, understand managing risk. And because of all the high profile um, attacks that have gone on for years now, that it finally has reached the board. The problem is that there's still some issues around um, how to communicate with each other, but it's basic stuff that that it's always hard because the bad guys only have to be right once and we have to be right hundreds of times to be able to fight against this. But security awareness, since phishing, social engineering, uh, stolen credentials, security awareness is something that every company can do. And uh, hopefully we're helping with these series of webinars for our customers and building security into systems by design default, making sure that the hardware, software, people uh, understand the security and are using it. The third-party risk management, another, another area. We've seen a lot of um, supply chain type attacks with Log4J, SolarWinds in the past few years. A lot of attention is now in the area of understanding who your business partners are from a vendor perspective, as well as um, if you look at uh, cybersecurity maturity model certification that's coming for the DOD um, it, uh, suppliers, that's another area that continues to be important to companies, understanding how to manage those business partners and protect your data that is now um, because of the, everything is electronic and shared electronically the data can be everywhere. So making sure that the business partners have uh, third-party risk management controls in place uh, for their third parties is also important. And then just the basic cyber hygiene, making sure that the systems are patched, especially known vulnerabilities, identity access management, multi-factor authentication, another key area to focus on. Um, so the basics, the basics are still important and all of it, cyber resiliency and things keep changing. Uh, there's more and more government regulation required, requiring reporting and short time to report issues, short, shorter time frames to report issues. So very important for customers to think about the cyber resiliency and how you're gonna address those, those newer regulations. Um, so from a SAP cloud perspective, we mentioned built-in security for our software products, our cloud environments, our resiliency capability, um, using AI, machine learning, and zero trust. And then this is where you can get uh, more information on some of the areas that I covered today. So at this point, I'll see if there's any questions.
All right, thank you. And Marie, thank you, Michelle, um, uh, for this uh, presentation. And uh, yes, we have uh, one question in the chat, uh, and it says, can you advise on how SAP will incorporate zero trust controls? Can you elaborate on this? Yeah, so um, hopefully I did a little bit, but but basically I think that, and from talking to customers in this area for the last three or four years, um, identity access management is extremely important. And uh, we do have the capability inside the SAP system to support those efforts that our customers have from identifying who's coming into their systems and using third-party tools because our environment is set up and our tools that we offer, like our single sign-on capabilities and identity access management tools offer third-party um, protocol support like uh, SKIM and any of the third-party IDPs, uh, SAML or OpenID Connect. So because of that, um, from an identity perspective, we've got that never trust, always verify. Um, at the device level, the devices coming into our, our environments or um, the servers, so the hardening that we put in place, again, looking at that, um, how, how and who's coming into the system and asking to make sure they have the multi-factor, they've done the multi-factor authentication, they have the right credentials, doing things like segregation of duties. Um, this is an area that you'll see, I think, additional capability come out, but um, from an overall perspective, we are focused on zero trust, as well as um, adding in those machine learning and AI capabilities. Right. Uh, thank you for that. There is a follow-up from the same author of mm -hmm. the question. CISA uh, Zero Trust pillars give different maturity levels. Please elaborate on which level SAP will seek. So uh, those are, that is a model. It's not a certification. And I think what those uh, models show is uh, where you are today and where you can get to from an optimization perspective. So looking at it from a traditional, and I pick on identity because that is where most of our customers are focused. So if you look at traditional and you think, okay, username, password, that's the very basics, right? Um, to put in place and then going to optimization, being able to support multi-factor authentication, Yubico, um, uh, FIDO Alliance, we are supporting all of that through the SAP environment. So that's the way I look at those pillars. It's like, where are you today? Where do you wanna get to from an optimization perspective? Certainly we are working to get to that full optimization across the board, not a certification. Um, but we're working towards that and helping our customers work towards that as well. Right, thank you very much. I hope this gives enough insights uh, to those questions. Uh, we have the next question in the chat. Um, you've mentioned GRC and it's a very mature product from SAP, but when can we see IAG getting more GRC functionalities 
and can be considered as its replacement in BTP if it uh, can ever happen? Yeah, I think that I'd have to refer you to the SAP roadmaps for that information. Um, that's going to be the most up-to-date information on that specific product. Um, identity access governance, you can also, if you're an SAP customer, look at help.sap.com and look up the product uh, from that standpoint to get more information on um, where IEG sits and what the functionality is today. And, um, and then look at the roadmap as well. And then happy to connect you with uh, product management if you'd like on that product. Right, so for the also this question, please, um, if you would like to have any follow up, uh, please uh, contact uh, Anne-Marie directly, um, maybe via LinkedIn. Um, so she can then uh, route you into the right direction. That's right. That's good. Good suggestion. Thank you. Uh, then thank you. Please share the link. Uh, I think the question goes to the uh, direction the road map uh, link. I think uh, I don't. I'm not sure. And Marie, do you have? Well, this I think link? if you're if, you, if you're an SAP customer um, and you have an S user, you should be able to get onto the roadmap explorer mm -hmm. and. Um, and be able to get into the roadmap for the different products. So each product has its own roadmap. Typically it's found through the roadmap explorer. And if you wanna send me an email, there's my email. I can uh, try to help you figure out if you have that access with the S user or um, you know, what I can do to help get you that link. You won't be able to get that link unless you do have an S user with SAP. So do we have more questions in the chat? Please leverage this moment and uh, bring up your questions. Um, as I've already indicated, the PDF of this session will be included to the description to the video that will stay on YouTube. So uh, you will be able to download uh, the PDF. So meanwhile, one more minute for the participants to think of the question. I have one question that very often was brought up in the previous discussions. And this question is about what is the difference between public and private security in public or private cloud at SAP? Mm -hmm. Maybe you can. Yeah, uh, so we definitely have security. Uh, within both environments, uh, very strong. And uh, from a private perspective, there is uh, more of a shared responsibility at that application and data level that I put up earlier. And then on the uh, public cloud, you're obviously relying on more of a SaaS solution. So SAP, more configuration only type of capability from a security perspective. So. Um, underlying, we use a lot of the same type of tools, but there may be some differences between what public cloud that that line of business uses versus, for instance, private cloud and ECS that I'm in. 
But uh, from a customer perspective, I think the area to look at is the application area and what you can do there um, between those two different environments. And there, there's some differences there as well, but, um, but overall the infrastructure side uh, typically is going to be somewhat invisible to the customer because SAP, as I showed, um, will be handling that infrastructure uh, and then the customer is gonna be running the application side of it. All right. Um, we are almost on the top of the hour. Uh, with this, I can't see more questions in the chat. Uh, I can uh, only thank you, our audience, for being with us. Uh, stay tuned and uh, please uh, leverage and check the schedule of the webcasts that are scheduled as part of the uh, SAP Cybersecurity Awareness Campaign in October. We will be very happy to have you in our upcoming sessions. And with this, uh, thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Anne-Marie, for, for this presentation. And if there are any questions, please um, contact us, uh, get in touch with us, and we do our best uh, to serve you to the best possible uh, way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you and bye-bye.